Welcome to A Higher Future in Healthcare, where we're exploring obstacles and solutions to healthcare's growing workforce demands. Tune in to hear from thought leaders as they share their perspectives on strategy, technology, AI, and people who are paving the way for transformative change. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to A Higher Future in Healthcare. And this is part of our special series on AI in healthcare. And uh, we're really excited because this is the final episode in the series. And I think our goal is really to kind of pull everything together from our previous experts and provide some suggestions on where AI could really be impactful in a positive way in healthcare. And so I want to welcome Dr. Dinesh Rai to this episode. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's great to have you here. Thank you. And um, tell us a little bit about yourself because you have sort of an, a really unique background as an MD, but also you're an AI engineer. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your background, how you got to that point, what you're doing now, and then we'll we'll dive into kind of your views on AI and healthcare. Sure, of course. Um, I guess like just historically, I'm always, I, I always like dive deep into anything I'm interested in. So yeah. I actually started off as like a business major in college, decided to go to med school, um, did a postback um, and started med school uh, in, in the Bronx at Albert Einstein. And while I was there, um, 2016, 2017, this is when that, first wave of machine learning, neural networks, mm -hmm. um, finally getting enough data and compute power to train useful models, uh, started getting into the, the hype cycle. Um, so, you know, I, I was very curious, you know, there's obvious use cases to these things in healthcare. Uh, back then, it, it, it was largely just related to like predictions, um, like regression analysis and the classifications type of things. Um, so, you know, Stuff was open source, mm -hmm. educational resources were available, started to learn Python and all the other things that go along with it, some of the data science behind it, and just kind of dove into some projects and um, built a couple of models during med school, kind of continued my interest during residency, uh, did an informatics fellowship. And after the fellowship, it, you know, it gave me a good insight as to like how... Um, how you can continue working in informatics, you know, while a clinician. So I, luckily I'm in emergency medicine. So I took a little bit of a break. Uh, it's an easy field to go back to and uh, still kind of had burst into the health tech space. Um, and now this is when, you know, large language models started to become a thing. Um, it, the ChatGPT obviously came out about a year ago. Um, so I joined a company in Dallas, uh, startup that focused on NLP initially for, uh, healthcare and helped them kind of implement this technology into their pipelines, into their summarization process and some of the classification process. Uh, and then this opportunity came up to join a large health system, Boston Children's as, yeah. uh, an AI prompt engineer, AI engineer to kind of help develop some products here. So you know, seem to be, you know, something that fits really well with my interests and my background. So I applied, uh, had a couple of conversations and and I'm here now working on some interesting projects. Yeah, man, that's amazing. And so, so the, the connection, did you, 
make the connection early on as far as AI and healthcare? I mean, did you see kind of immediately before you actually like started digging into it, how it could be applied, how it could help? Did you kind of, what were your thoughts on that when you, because when you got interested in AI while you were in med school? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it, it, it was pretty obvious that there was going to be some impact or some potential impact at least. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, you know, with these prediction models, it, the, the benefit is that you can throw a lot of data into it and it'll find patterns um, and, and insights that you may not realize as a clinician because, you, you know, it's hard, it's hard for a brain to handle that much information. So, right. you know, you know, one simple example is, um, and this may not be something that's in the model, but if there, there's cutoffs for vital signs, your heart rate's high or low, that's what we have. But if someone is at baseline, their heart rate's 60, now it's jumping up to 90, that may be within normal parameters, but there's some abnormality going on there. There's a reason that that person's heart rate jumped up, but we don't see that pattern because we're not looking at all the data at once. We're just seeing, is the value red? Or it, it takes like another level of insight or thinking to notice that that jump has happened and that there may be something that's going on that is triggering an elevation of heart rate. So just having all those patterns and insights like trained on an algorithm, I, I felt like was going to be a huge impact in healthcare generally. And so how have you, have you seen, I mean, clearly you've implemented some things. So where do you see this going in healthcare? You know, like what, Let's start with maybe where it could go wrong. <laughs> you know, what because I know there's, you know, there's a lot of fear mongering and sort of negative messaging around AI. And, you know, I think people kind of get really worried, right? And scared that AI is going to be detrimental in, you know, numerous ways. Um, so, I mean, of those fears, like which ones are you worried about? Or where do you think AI could potentially have a negative impact on what people are trying to accomplish? Sure. I mean, I guess like, you know, one of the major ones is, is like exacerbating the bias that's in healthcare data right sure. now. Um, you know, propagating what the data is training the model to do. So, you know, for example, if um, you have, if you were to train a model on like who gets pain meds at what time, if there's one demographic that because of some implicit bias in the healthcare system, got pain meds at a later state or a higher pain level than another, you're training an algorithm to now give that person pain meds at a different time than, than the first person, right? So, mm -hmm. and, and you may be able to take out like, you know, the, the variables that are like very obviously the, the factors that, that, that can implicate bias, but there's other like small things and like, how you write your note or like how many orders you take and things like that that may be associated with certain testing that you may not be able to remove, remove completely from a data set if that makes any sense. So, you know, we really need to figure out how to like remove these sources of biases before we kind of rely more on these models. Um, otherwise, we're just going to have the same problems we're having now in healthcare. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and, and you know, one of the biggest kind of ethical arguments is, you know, who's who's developing the AI, right, in the first place? Because to your point, they're sort of coding in their own biases. So it would seem that potentially a lot of these, a lot of these AI programs or platforms are biased from the start. Like, so how do you, 
how do you combat that, right? How do you mitigate that from the very beginning? Yeah, I mean, it's hard. You really, it's, you know, the, the obvious step is to like really clean up your data and make sure that you're trying to remove as much bias as possible in your data. But, you know, who who right now is going to be doing those things as humans who have these implicit biases? Right. I mean, I even noticed that the biases are there. So yeah. I, I think it's a really hard problem to, to tackle. Um, it there there's a lot of like um you know smart minds there after it there's a lot of people that are going to like ethics of ai that are that are thinking about these problems so i, I i'm hopeful that you know we'll have some kind of solution but i know it's, there's no easy solution right now yeah for sure so let's go the opposite direction then and talk about you know like positive impacts where do you think and where have you seen ai have a positive impact on healthcare already and then we can talk a little bit about where you see it going in the future. Yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the um, outputs from these generative models that people are kind of talking about, ambient listening for clinical notes uh, is reported to save a lot of time. Um, there's, a, I think Epic has an in-basket where it's generating templates for you for answers to patients' questions, um, saves a lot of time. These models, uh, there have been studies showing that output from these models tend to have a lot higher levels of empathy than physicians. And that may be uh, a factor of like time, again, uh, not having enough time to like, you know, say all those things that, right. that uh, you know, convey that you're feeling what the patient's feeling um, in, in documentation is something that these models have helped out with as well. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of it is just, it just comes down to like saving time and like reducing the effort that goes into those things that are not entirely just like clinical based or like reasoning mm -hmm. and things like that, like saving time with documentation, saving times. There is a, I think Doximity has had a project a while ago where they helped you write prior ops, uh, for, for different, uh, companies and no physician wants to sit down and write prior ops during their clinical day. So that's yeah, right. again saving time. I think that's 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 going to be like one of the first things that kind of come up and 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 are going to benefit uh, the healthcare system as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that time savings, that efficiency is huge, clearly for so many reasons. But considering the fact that you know right now, it, it, I think a lot of hospitals are having trouble keeping up with the staffing needs. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to, to supplement that with these time-saving programs, um, what, yeah, to your point, whether it's documentation, uh, whether it's in the hiring process, um, that's, that's really cool. I, the, the empathy thing is really interesting. Where, where does that come from, do you think? Uh, I, I, I think that's coming from how the models are trained, right? Like um, yeah. they, they're, they're, they're trained on, you know, these models are trained on vast amounts of data, the internet, for example, mm -hmm. and they're fine-tuned based on human feedback. So models that if we're trained on humans that are picking the more empathetic response over and over probably are going to lead to more empathetic responses. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure if you're trained on strictly, like, medical text that the empathy will, will not right. be there because, <laughs> you know, that's, we, we don't spend the time to, to write that in our, in our documentation a lot of times. Um, yeah. so that's my guess. I don't know how I'm not in these companies that are training these models, but that's, that's probably how they're doing it. Yeah. That's fascinating. Um, what else, like, what do you see in the future? So this is sort of the 
first near-term impact, which we just talked about, where do you see AI really coming in over the next few years and, and making a difference? Yeah, I mean, I think um, the, in, in the near term, uh, we're probably going to notice a bigger difference in like the back office things, like again, mm -hmm. writing notes and and um, and claims uh, type of uh, activities with insurance companies and whatnot. Um, but you know, ultimately, as like probably down the line, like the diagnostic partner positions of like, hey, did you? Did you think about this? Did you think about that? Um, you know, should we order this test for this patient? Uh, what I'm really excited about is going through and like finding patterns and associations that we can do studies on that we may not notice otherwise. Right. Uh, you know, aspirin was in initially a pain bed until a physician, I think in the 70s, noticed that his patients who have heart attacks have had heart attacks that are on aspirin are not having second heart attacks as much. Mm. And then they did the studies of showing that aspirin's beneficial for those, you know, that that test, sure. uh, that patient uh, use case. Um, so I, I'm sure there's like all these different associations that we just can't, we don't have one physician looking at enough cases to like make those associations and then yeah. doing those studies to verify them. So that's another exciting thing I think AI will, will down the line help out with. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, and that's, you know, the, I think, I think one of the biases that that keeps us from, you know, realizing that is, you know, and I, I look at this from uh, like a hiring and interview perspective, because I think, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I've been hiring my whole life and I just go with my gut. Well, sure. But <laughs> have you tracked your success versus not? Right. And, and mm -hmm. you know, I think we get in the way of ourselves a lot when if we just step back, we could really see to what you just talked about this this idea that there's no way one person could take all the studies that have been done in, in a in a reasonable amount of time and mm -hmm. you know correlate all the different things um that that we don't see on a, a you know normally ai can do that for us and fast yeah and that's what's amazing right like like think about i, I don't know it's just amazing to think about a lot of, you know, how many people could have been saved by the, you know, using this type of uh, technology or this approach, or um, could we have, you know, developed different types of, you know, medicines or vaccines or whatever. Um, I just think it's quite fascinating and why I think it's so important that we need to change the conversation around AI because, it, there is too much fear mongering right now. And I don't, you know, I think that's just a power and control thing that, you know, the people who are spewing the fear are trying to control yeah. the situation. But in reality, there, there can be a lot of great impact here. You know, uh, one of our uh, other guests, Beth Rudden, who, who owns Bast AI, mm -hmm. you know, we talked about the AI assistant that you had mentioned, right? The, the ability for, you know, a, a nurse or a physician to ask this assistant, hey, you know, should we do this? You know, should we consider a different form of treatment? Um, that would be really interesting to me. I think I think everybody could do with an AI assistant, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're getting more and more useful, you know. Um, just like, 
I use multiple assistants a day nowadays just right. to like do research and brainstorm and write things out. Um, you know, I, I think the healthcare field just needs to be a little bit more vigorous mm -hmm. in ensuring the outputs, like, you know, decent, um, which is a hard problem in and of itself. Of like, right. what's a correct output when it's a text? And there are so many different ways you can go that are correct and incorrect with generating text. Um, it's, uh, it's just exciting to see all the things that are happening so quickly. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on all the legislation that's started last year and, and kind of moving into this year? You know, there have been a lot of bills um, either, you know, presented uh, or, or passed related mm -hmm. to AI in business. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, I'm not all that familiar with the legislation. I know there, there was like a big um, push last year to kind of like... To, to have U.S. companies like pause research in AI for six months to figure out like, you know, how we're going to control these things. But, yeah. you know, I, people are going to continue doing research. They're going to continue building large models. Um, you know, these models are open source already. So it, 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 I think, you know, we can't pause research, but we need to at the same time think about how we're going to control some of these things. Yeah, for sure. Just like anything. I mean, a good yeah. thing is I think healthcare is already used to that, right? The, the, I mean, there's a lot of compliance that that goes into healthcare, oh, yeah. and so I think it's sort of built in, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. You know, you need to prove that the thing is going to work. You need to then yeah. prove that it doesn't have a negative effect. And there's all these different, like, you know, the the FDA process has all these different clinical uh, levels of clinical studies that you need to go through. Um, and I think the same thing is kind of going to happen with this uh, AI technology. Yeah. Um, there there are some things where you know. Do, do you really need to go through the entire process if you're making a small change to your model? It's up for debate, I think. Um, yeah. But I, I think we're going to adapt and, and learn. Yeah, awesome. Well, Dinesh, I can't thank you enough. Um, I'm I'm excited for the progress of AI in healthcare, and I think it is going to make a truly big impact, uh, particularly in the near term. And uh, also, you're doing a webinar with Beth, who I mentioned, and our CEO, Joe Thurman, on, I think it's February 29th, right? Mm -hmm. What are you guys yeah, talking yeah. about in the, on, the, on that webinar? Kind of the same stuff, kind of right? The same I mean, stuff. Yeah, yeah, just kind of going over um, AI. And, and uh, I think, you know, it's a chance for the audience members maybe to ask some questions too. Um, so hopefully they'll listen to this episode in preparation for the webinar. And then yeah. they can come prepared with some questions. So exactly. uh, well, do your Dinesh, homework. Again, what's that? Do your homework. Do your homework. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, uh, Dinesh, I can't thank you enough. Uh, this has been awesome. Any parting words of wisdom? Uh, I think, you know, em embrace the exciting future that's going to that's gonna be coming up on us soon. I think there's a lot of potential um, for things to go right. Um, so, you know, we should be focusing on getting to that future and avoiding the other future where things can go wrong. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you everybody for tuning in. We will check you next time. Thank you. Bye. A Higher Future in Healthcare is a production of IIA Healthcare, a healthcare technology company and creators of Interview IA, an interview platform for healthcare organizations to streamline their interview processes to deliver unparalleled candidate experiences and to create a true competitive advantage for delivering quality care. Learn more at www.iiahealthcare.com.